Hello and welcome to the AA Ireland podcast, season two, episode seven. This week with a cold snap about to bite, we talk about winter driving. What should you do? What should you know? And what should you avoid? We'll bring you the best hints and tips coming up. Are you thinking of renewing or shopping around for car insurance to get the best deal? Well, the AA is one of Ireland's top insurance intermediaries, and we've been providing car insurance for nearly 40 years. The AA has teamed up with the top insurers to compare quotes so you get the best level of cover to suit your needs at the right price. We also do price checks so you don't have to. To find out more, go to the AA.ie. AA Ireland Limited Trading as AA Insurance is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Well, Paddy, we've had some unseasonably warm weather of late. Uh, quite quite strange for the this this time of year, but it's all going to change now. We're getting a cold snap. That means that we're going to make changes to our cars. Is that right? Yeah, it's a funny time of year, Blake, because I think, as you know, we're not exactly blessed with a huge amount of knowledge and preparation for when it comes to driving in cold weather in Ireland. We do have a fairly moderate and mild climate and we do sometimes get the odd cold snap, but not that often. But I was talking to some of our patrols yesterday and uh, asking them, in advance of an interview I had to do this morning about what happens to people in the cold weather and, and the ice and snow. And the first thing he said was, Paddy, will you just please, before we do anything else, tell people to stop putting boiling water on their windscreens. <laughs> uh, so that was a uh, request number one from Kevin Howard. He said, look, that's a, a big, um, a, a big one that people are doing and it doesn't always break windscreens, but it does crack windscreens and there, there's no need for boiling water out of the kettle it can be it can be it can be mildly warm water which will do the same job or of course the antifreeze spray but first things first before you do anything else don't use your boiling water on the uh on the car windscreen okay so he's not saying that you shouldn't put warm water on it's just just don't pour boiling water straight onto the windscreen That's yeah it. it's that dramatic change in temperature like i think you know probably any water will be warmer than a frozen windscreen but uh just you know, mildly warm or warm water out of the tap, but it's the people boiling their kettles, and your windscreen is 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 uh, resting there at zero degrees or less, and suddenly you pour a hundred degrees water on top of it, and suddenly there's a crack, and uh, your bad day has uh, has begun already. So so just please don't don't do that. Um, but look, after that, the f- the first thing I think we'd say, Blake, is, and we're we're going a bit Theresa Mannion on it is. If you don't need to go anywhere, just don't. Because for a start, most of our cars are very, very ill-equipped to drive in ice and particularly snow. And the main reason is the tires that we have. In Ireland, 99.9% of us are driving around all year round on summer tires. And we have no major issues as a result of that because our our climate, as I said, is, is, is very mild. And even when things do get a bit colder summer tires will do a job for you but they won't do as good a job as a uh, all season tires and winter tires so if you you've uh you're well traveled france and germany etc maybe you'll remember at winter time when people would habitually swap over their tires especially in germany they 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 it's legal a legal requirement to swap out your tires for winter tires reason for that because winter tires are the compound of them works an awful lot better under seven degrees than the compound you'll find on summer tires and the 
difference is quite dramatic in terms of breaking distance and in terms of their ability to handle uh, stopping on wet roads at, that are cold as well. So, um, so yeah, I've uh, over the years I've seen many demonstrations. Of this. I've done demonstrations in other countries with the likes of Bridgestone tires, Continental tires. And the, the effect is dramatic. But we all drive around in summer tires. And of course, within that subset, Blake, we are, some of us are driving on pretty rubbish tires as well. That's right. Yeah, we, we've seen that. And, you know, you've just sparked a memory as well. I had a German friend here in Ireland. And uh, I remember it's gone back a good 10 or 15 years. And he was just amazed that once it got to whatever it was, October at, at some stage, I can't remember for sure. This is, It's so many years on now. But he was amazed and, and shocked actually that, I wasn't swapping the tires in my car. And at that time I was saying to him, well, why, why would I? Well, it's, you know, it's not snowing. We don't get snow in Ireland. You don't need to do that. But yeah, that's not the case at all. And it's, it really does have an effect. And, and But there is a middle ground. There's all season tires. And, and I, I did have a chat with Colin Cunningham from Bridgestone Tires about these. And that seems to be the ideal solution for Ireland. The, we don't get the extremes of heat where it's, you know, 40 degrees like you would in mainland Europe or the Middle East. But we do get minus degrees and we do get minus seven. I was dropping someone, dropping the girls to the train station this morning and it was four degrees in the car when I was driving and it was rainy and it was it was perfect conditions to have a little bit of a, a mishap, a wintry road, poor conditions. And and under those conditions, your braking distance really, really changes and, and for the worst. But the thing is, if we do see the temperatures that we're expecting, if we do see ice, if we do see snow, you're looking at braking distances, which can be twice, or sorry, the the gap that you need needs to be twice what you would normally do. And your braking di- distances can be 10 times more than normal on a dry road. 10 times. This is So if you take it, you know, a bit snowy or kind of icy roads, that could be 10 times the distance. That's just incredible. Yeah, it is because the, the 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 tires when they get cold, the compound isn't able to grip. They don't. They're you know they've lost their their ability to heat up. So, so it's just a, suddenly it's an ice rink. It's a skate, and it's a it's a tricky situation to be in. So look for for our advice in the AA for start is look if you do have a normal car with summer tires, at least make sure that those are in good condition. If they're not. You really need to start thinking about whether you do need to get out and go anywhere. Check the tire pressures on those tires anyway. Make sure if they're okay because that makes a difference as well. And but then after that, if you if you're if you've you know this is the time where there's no place to hide. If you've skimped on tires, if you've sort of put that in the long finger, please don't be going out there in the ice and snow and trying to risk yourself or your family or someone else because it will you really will get caught out. So. Um, that would be a reasonably stark warning from us, Blake, but uh, one that we yeah. need to take seriously. It seems to be a bit of a false economy that that people pursue. So they they'll you know that their tires, the threads are getting quite low. They know they need to replace it, and uh, it can be a big expense for people. But what a lot of them doing is they're going out and they're buying part worn tires or just buying the cheapest tire possible. But it really is a a, stub, a substandard product a lot of the time, and it's it's quite an important part of the car. It's not like you've got a slightly mismatching color paint after you've got a car door fixed. This potentially could save your or someone else's life. Yeah, it really does make a huge difference. And it does come to roost when you get weather conditions like the ones were promised because you will get away with a lot on a, on a dry summer road 
because even your fairly cheap branded tires with enough tread on them when they heat up enough will do a job for you but we will really will start to see uh your your in, in inverted commas cost cost saving eradicated when you uh get to the winter months like we have now another thing that we need to look at though as well is suvs and four-wheel drives okay so tell me a little bit more about this then well people think (laughs) erroneously okay sure i'm in my suv i'm in my four-wheel drive that's me sorted bulletproof well first of all lots of suvs as we know aren't four-wheel drive at all they they tend to be in ireland in the minority a lot of them are front wheel drive so they're no cleverer than any other vehicle and the other part about an actual vehicle with all wheel drive is right those tires if unless they're uh, winter tires really won't help you but what a four wheel drive or an all wheel drive vehicle will do is it'll pull you away a little bit easier but it won't stop you any quicker and every car has four brakes and braking on four wheels and a four wheel drive has doesn't have anything better than a, a normal car so you are in a heavier vehicle uh, and if you aren't careful you can get into yourself into a spill and yeah we often see and especially in the aa we are uh, in the winter months digging people out of ditches because they think oh well i've got a, an suv or i've got a four by four so i'm fine and they plow on regardless and drive regardless and uh can get into as much of a mishap if not more than someone else so just because you're driving that doesn't mean you're a hero um, and that's something so yeah my, my next question then paddy was with with four-wheel drive or all-wheel drive cars it's not something that that we look for in the irish market and um, i know that you know we review cars a lot we're speaking to people in other countries and talking to manufacturers and people who are selling and buying cars in you know germany france but even you know certain parts of the united states all-wheel drive is a huge thing for them why you know brands like subaru are incredibly popular in certain parts of the states but we're just not not seeing that in ireland at all well we're not blake because of tax it's as simple as that if you were to buy the all-wheel drive version of a car and i i would have um previously worked with skoda and we had all-wheel drive versions of the likes of the octavia or the superb and they didn't really sell because automatically you're paying more tax in it because it's you know higher co2 emissions or whatever else because they're heavier car adding weight of the four-wheel drive system so those cars became very difficult to sell and there was very little uptake on them and again they are useful on a dry road but they're also useful on a wet road as well but look none of that really matters or makes a huge difference well not that it doesn't make a difference but the the tires effect in in the winter months really does come come into effect and we keep going back to that but it's so important and it's the question around all weather tires which is is one that i think isn't on people's radar because we have the winter tires of course and we don't necessarily need those in ireland because we don't get huge patches of snow but the all weather is that is a great all-rounder the problem is they're more expensive the major companies do them you know michelin uh, Bridgestone, Continental, they all have these all-weather tires, which are a great solution, but they can often be a little bit more, you know, it could you could be looking at 100 euro a tire more for these rather than your average. But it's an insurance policy. If you are, if this weather did turn, you would be really, really doing well. I, I watched a very, very interesting video on YouTube yesterday about this, and they showed that the crossover point between the 
the summer tires, winter tires, and all weather tires, the all weather tire really did manage to hit a lot of the marks, both in terms of summer and winter, that that most people would need. And and I've talked, as I said, I've talked to a lot of the tire companies about these, and it's just people aren't are, are people. It's a grudge purchase. Tires people are, you know, they get the good ones in the car they get, and then after that, it's like, oh god, I have to change the tires in the car and or you know little johnny needs braces or whatever else and they put them off and it's a it's a shame that we're we're in that sort of a situation interesting to see though blake companies like skoda with the enyak doing building in tire packages i think you and i spoke about that before yeah well, we had um the enyak a few weeks ago wasn't it and we had the all-wheel drive version as well offered fantastic grip which would be handy in this kind of weather coupled up with some nice all-season tires but um, yeah, you know, just to go take a step back as well, just to kind of clarify something, because we talk about, let's say we've got a front wheel car drive or you might have a rear wheel drive. Well, that's the one that's doing the driving. So maybe I only need to get my winter or my all season tires, you know, for for the front wheels, just because it's a front wheel drive car. Is that the case? Well, no, that would be I think that would be a bit of a mess, really. The The reason that front-wheel drive cars, which are in the majority still, well, were in the majority because we're starting to sell a lot of electric vehicles and a lot of electric vehicles are rear-wheel drive. But the reason front-wheel drive cars did okay was because the weight of the engine was over the front-driven wheels. So there's plenty of mass sitting down on that front axle, and that means that there's a bit more grip. And they also have a predictable, predictable enough handling characteristics in that they understeer. So if you find yourself veering towards the, the bush, you can sort of wind up the steering, take your foot off the accelerator and the brake, and the car will generally sort of ready, remedy itself in, in a situation on ice and snow. Where people can run into difficulty, and I think if you remember the last big ice and snow uh, period about 10 years ago, and there was lots of beached BMWs and and uh, Mercedes Benz because the opposite is true in a rear wheel drive car. So the power is going to the rear, engine is sitting at the front, so there's just not enough weight over the back axle. So you will see plenty of cars spinning their wheels, and then of course rear wheel drive cars are the cars that people like to use to drift. So if the back end goes out, you can find that the back end of the car is overtaking you, and uh, you do a nice little dance on the middle of the road. So that's why their, their rear-wheel drives are entertaining, to say the least, in a, in ice and snow. But what people can do in the rear-wheel drive car is weigh them down a little bit. It's you. It's a counterintuitive to what you we've spoken about before, about saving fuel. You know, Take out the golf clubs, take out all the other stuff. But if you do have to drive and your car is rear-wheel drive and you're on summer tires, no harm to throw an old bag of coal into the boot or the golf clubs or that the uh, the set of weights that's gathering dust in the uh, garage because putting any weight over that rear axle will give you a little bit more grip uh, as you as you venture out into ice and snow. Yeah, I came across that before and it was even in the summertime. One time um, a customer of a company I used to work for had himself a lovely big uh, Jaguar rear wheel drive, but he constantly drove around with uh, patio slabs in the boot just to give himself a little bit more grip. So we could see that that working in the winter time as well. And there's one thing I just want to another thing to clarify as well. We're talking about swapping tires. So uh, this might sound like a silly question, but is it a case of I've got my four summer tires and then I keep another four tires in the garage or 
you know, my, my own garage? Or do I go somewhere that will store my tires while I wear the winter ones for a few months? How does that work? Yeah, the, in the likes of Germany, they have specific tire hotels, they're called. So lots of people in, in continental Europe live in apartments. They don't have garages. So there are places where you can go along and in October, when you're supposed to change your tires over, they will take off the tires. You'll see lots of cars driving around Germany, you know, even high-end cars with little tiny wheels on them because uh, they've just changed over their wheels. And you, uh, they will store your summer tires for you. And then when it comes back around to the spring again, so you swap them back. But yes, uh, for, for anyone who had had a garage, would be you could you could say store them in. But most of the tire centers will swap those wheels over for you. They may not store them for you, but they will swap them over for you, and you can you can take them away with you again. But uh, I just look. I, I it's it's one thing I'm a bit funny on is tires. Uh, you know, I I've seen I've done enough of the courses and demonstrations over the years to see the effect. And it's been a concern of mine to see some of the brands coming in of late from from other markets with slightly inferior tires on them, and especially with EVs as well. It's a, it's a concern with electric vehicles, Blake, because lots of these are rear wheel drive, and lots of them have eco tires on them, which are often a little bit narrow. They're trying to get the best range because customers want range, but they're not always going to provide a the right longevity and b the right grip. Um, on these rear wheel drive vehicles, which uh, in ice and snow are going to behave interestingly, should we say the least? Yeah. And there, there must be better ways to save a couple of hundred quid than on something like this. Yeah, there are. I mean, I, I think it would be interesting if brands were to start looking at a, almost like a subscription model or a monthly model for tires. You know, like we, there's plenty of us all paying for things like Netflix and whatever else or in gym memberships we don't use. If there was a subscription model that would allow you to dry, use the best possible tires on your car, I think that would be a, a very wise thing to do. But um, it's not something I've seen yet. Maybe I'm, I'm open to correction on that, but uh, not not something I've seen any time, time, okay. uh, time in the past. I'm sure there's somebody listening to this now just had a light bulb moment and is going to start a business tomorrow morning. <laughs> so it's I would years. do it because if... if um, you know, there's a, I, I would I already subscribe to a Skoda service plan for the Octavia we have at home. So I pay whatever it is, 19 euro, 20 euro a month. I don't notice it going, but it means when I go to service my car, uh, I don't get a whopper of a bill and I'll get the best of components, the best of parts put into the car. And I'm not going to be faced with that situation when I get to the counter going, oh, bill's 300 quid. Or can you do, can you put, you know, can you do it out this or that or the other? Most of it's paid for, the bill is paid for, or, and you get the right oil, you get the right parts, et cetera. So I, that model for tires, I think would be very worthy to bring in. Um, yeah. Okay. And let's just um, shift the conversation on slightly because we've been speaking about tires, you know, that's what's in contact with the road. It's very important, but the person that's behind the wheel is controlling what those tires do largely. So I'm thinking that we have to adjust our behavior now for winter weather. Yeah, you're right, Blake, because when people go out onto the roads in ice and snow, in Ireland, we're not necessarily prepared for it. We don't have the training. We don't have the experience. It's not our fault. We don't get the weather. If you're up in Iceland or Finland, those people are born into that sort of driving behavior. They know it and they find it you know, second nature. Here we don't and we tend to panic a little bit. And and with in some cases, uh, 
we just don't adjust our driving and there's a there's an issue at the moment with people driving so close to each other you and i comment on it a lot i think when we're out on the roads and these are in good conditions and we 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 note on the motorways people drive and inches from each other's bumper uh, you know and in a, a generally in a hurry but I, I'm just amazed by that. And, and in this kind of conditions or in, in ice and snow, that's going to be a disaster because there just isn't room to adjust. You need to leave twice the length that you would normally leave. And some people are still aren't leaving those kind of lengths at the moment. So that's a, that's a bit of a concern. Also, Blake, people tend to sorry need to slow down everything in terms of not only how they drive, the speed they drive, but the movements. So anything that you do on ice and snow will be multiplied and massively exaggerated. So any sort of sudden jerking movements can be, you know, have a catastrophic effect on what your, how your car behaves. So everything needs to slow down and don't give a monkeys about the guy behind you beeping at you or annoying or shaking his fist at you because you're taking it slowly. It's very likely he's going to end up spinning out at some stage if the weather conditions are poor. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad you brought up um, driving too close to the car in front or uh, tailgating, and it'd be nice to have a little metric or a little way of of measuring what you know what is too close because it's something that 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 we see, and we even saw it on a bus that we both shared recently, Paddy, didn't we? Um, a coach with fifty people on it in darkness, yep. and one maximum two car lengths behind on the motorway. Um, it, it just just incredible. But is there? I, I've heard this been said before. Only a fool breaks the two second rule. So, the time that it takes you to close the gap, you know, between the car and front, should be as long as it takes you to say that. Yeah, um, exactly. We want to lengthen that in these bad conditions to maybe only a, a fool breaks the two second rule, and you say it twice over. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And do, so double that. In fact, in effect, you know, it's for, so four or five. But the other thing as well, Blake, if especially if people are driving on motorways or in daylight, maybe there's no other cars around. It's a good idea to focus further onto the horizon rather than looking at the end of your car. It's something that sort of advanced driving instructors will show you and that you're rather than just looking at the end of your bonnet, just keep looking at the road ahead and focus on the road and the horizon because it's especially in these conditions it's going to take you so long to adjust to something so if you do eventually see that truck in the distance maybe that's jackknife on the road you've given yourself plenty of time to adjust you don't have to slam on the brakes because slamming on the brakes or any sudden jerking movement in ice and snow is going to be tricky it's going to be a an interesting moment so just keep for looking further on into the distance lose all the distractions in the ice and snow come on put the phone away put the phone into the glove box and um and, and just make everything slow deliberate and cautious yeah yeah and i think that's, that's something that people really need to be in tune with and uh paddy a few weeks ago there i attended the you know the rsa conference on road safety and it was just um it, it was a very sobering experience um there was a um a dr linnet up on on stage and he was just talking about the horrific injuries that people get from from crashes um 
it, it really was was a sobering thing and it, it just reminded that really for you to, to think that you might get to your destination in 47 instead of 49 minutes or something like that you know it's just not worth tailgating overtaking aggressively really just just to slow down and it's so much more important in these wintry conditions where those little mistakes that you've made really get exacerbated and can have fatal consequences and it's just good for people to maybe pinch themselves and just remind themselves that yeah, if I if I drive like this, I might get there 60 seconds, 100 seconds faster. But the chances of me causing massive injuries or death to someone else increases massively as well. It's just not worth it for people. No, it's not. And I think we need to go back as well to that. You know, we were sort of tongue in cheek, the Theresa Mannion phrase, but we all are getting a bit better at working from home. And sometimes we don't necessarily have to jump in the car. I would hope that employers and and employees would use a sort of judicious approach when if they're faced with poor weather conditions and go look we don't really need to do that or if the broadband is working let's uh, work from home because as i said we're not a country that's brilliant at ia prepping our roads for poor conditions now the councils are much better than they were 10 years ago when we were running out of grit now they are an awful lot better but as i said and as i've labored the point i think our cars and the tires that we have on them just aren't equipped right right and then just to kick on as well because um we might want to be bringing extra gear in the car i'm just thinking you know if you're going for a a long journey down the country and it's going to be bad conditions i myself you know talking about that bad weather we had a few years ago i remember driving luckily enough it was in a four by four but from from dublin down to cork to collect my my brother in some terrible conditions, you know, but it was, uh, he was going to sleep on an airport bench on Christmas day, or I, I made that trek to Cork, but, um, it really paid off. I thought, you know what, this, this journey could be long. So I brought an extra few jackets and also food and water in the car because the journey ended up taking just over 12 hours to get to Cork and back. Uh, the conditions were that bad. So is there anything else? I mean, this is just me talking about bringing a bag of Doritos, which actually did help at the time. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, on a more serious note, what should we be bringing in our cars? Well, just the basics, of course. I mean, make sure that you have a charged phone. Make sure you have a, a phone charger as well. Make sure that the battery in your car is in good condition. Make sure that you have a good set of mats in the car because they can serve as a emergency way to get you out of, a, out of some snow if you are in trouble. Uh, it, especially if you're heading on onto a, a road like that where there might be snow and ice it can be a very valuable tool or even a bit old some old carpet as well will serve a purpose but but it's also important that you let people know what your route is well, you know mobile phones can go wrong or, or signals can go can go faulty if you have alerted your family member or someone say look i'm driving to cork i'm going to be driving on the m7 and m8 it does narrow down where you are going to be and also let them know and what time you would supposed to have arrived because if they'll know if you haven't got there and they can maybe start retracing the steps and it'd be a lot easier to find you as well especially if you're driving country roads and there's any potential danger that do let people know where you are what time you, you're you're leaving and what time you should get there as well but yeah you're right have a torch have food in the car have some bottled water and uh, and blankets and a way to keep warm because if your car did have a fault and your heating wasn't working you wouldn't want to be sitting at the side of the road getting colder and colder yeah and i, I presume as well that you want to do your best to be leaving on these journeys with a either a full tank of fuel or you know as much battery in your ev as, as you can because uh, i remember on that very journey um coming back from cork you know and it was past midnight and drove past a lot of garages completely shut 
um, couldn't get petrol for the for this great four by four that could do anything, but not without petrol in it. Well, if the guy that pumps the petrol or opens the petrol station can't get to work, you know what can you do? So, so especially in in r- very rural areas where there might be one a mom and pop petrol station, if they can't get there, you're not going to get any fuel. And 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 of course, Blake, you would know as well that electric vehicles can behave quite differently as well in in ice and snow. Not totally dramatically we don't want to spook anyone but your range will certainly be affected as temperatures drop below zero right uh, yes certainly um but that you know all cars you know even the combustion ones are going to have less range in in, in winter and with the colder weather uh, it, it's actually it's interesting that you mentioned that because you know we we do a few reviews and we have a, a youtube channel there there's another chap who lives um in one of the nordic countries and and he does tests on an ev you know where he, he he brought a, a Model 3 out into the wilderness in, in temperatures that were dropping to minus 25, minus 30 centigrade overnight. And uh, did that in a Tesla Model 3, fully electric, and slept in the car overnight, you know. And yeah, he used some battery, all right, but it's incredible what a heat pump um, will do, you know, as a great piece of technology. And he woke up the next day, plenty of battery in the car, nice and toasty inside, and drove home. Like that does lead us on to something else, which... We do have coming up in the new year. We will have, you've been busy working away, recording lots of videos and guides on how to buy an EV and what you need to know about driving an EV. Yeah, that's right. So we're currently re- recording the, the series of videos. Um, really looking forward to getting those out. There's going to be a lot more work, you know, between editing it, um, making sure that we're, we're sense checking everything, you know, getting as much information as we can to put into this. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's an exciting thing and I cannot wait actually to put it out there once uh, once we get it finished. So look, Blake, what else have you been doing this week? Anything, uh, anything new? Well, yeah, we just dropped back the MG4 only a couple of days ago on Monday. Um, and um, yeah, the, I mean, what an incredible car. What an incredible I had it for, for a day when it was first brought into the country a few weeks ago, but I got my hands on it for a little bit longer this time. Um, absolutely brilliant. And it was great to put it head to head in a battle against another EV as well so we're, we're looking forward to getting that video out the MG4 versus a mysterious guest or yeah, do you exactly. want to smash that mystery now buddy no no <laughs> we'll leave it for now I think but the 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 MG is it the game changer that people say it is yeah yeah short sure. answer is is yeah it, it's just absolutely brilliant um sorry hold on let, let me just qual- qualify that I, I've driven better cars this year I've driven cars with better range with better interiors um you know, with a Not nicer value finish. for money. Um, but yeah, when you factor in the price, you go, oh my, this is just brilliant. Um, you know, it's built on a dedicated architecture. So this isn't just a manufacturer taking what they had on the line already and going, oh, let's get rid of that fuel tank and stuff a few batteries underneath the seats. You know, we'll turn it into an EV. It's dedicated. Uh, the software is fantastic. And the level of spec that you get it between adaptive cruise control, heated seats, uh, you know, electronically adjustable seats, it just goes on and on. And Paddy, you were in it as well for a while. Like this also has a vehicle to load adapter where you can, you know, where the socket that you plug in to, to charge up your car, there's an adapter you plug in. You can take power back out of the battery to power appliances and stuff. Like it's Incredible just, piece of you know, and then you go, this is well under 30,000 euros and you can knock more than 300 and it's nearly hot hatch in terms of uh, speed and handling on the road. Actually it is. Well, look, we will be back next week. Next week, we are going to be speaking to two of the men responsible for Polestar, both in Ireland and in Europe, both uh, two Irishmen, Kieran Campbell and Richard Malloy. So we'll be talking to them in the Polestar space 
early next week. Blake, you might join me for that one, I think. I absolutely will. It's a car I'm quite fond of. So look, that's it for now. We will be back, as I said, next week. If you want to catch us on any of the social medias, we're on Instagram, we're on TikTok, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. But of course, you will see most of our work both on the AA blog, aa.ie forward slash blog, and over on our YouTube channel where Blake Boland is tearing it up currently doing videos about vans and motorbikes and bicycles and you name it he is on there blazing a trail so uh, from myself and from Blake Boland thank you very much for listening and we'll catch you on the next one take care okay and then I